Chapter Sixteen of *The King of Elfland's Daughter* by Lord Dunsany. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Sixteen: Orion hunts the stag. There passed ten years over the fields we know, and Orion grew and learned the art of Oth, and had the cunning of Threl, and knew the woods and the slopes and vales of the downs, as many another boy knows how to multiply figures by other figures, or to draw the thoughts from a language not his own, and to set them down again in words of his own tongue and little he knew of the things that ink may do how it can mark a dead man's thought for the wonder of later years and tell of happenings that are gone clean away and be a voice for us out of the dark of time and save many a fragile thing from the pounding of heavy ages or carry to us over the rolling centuries even a song from lips long dead on forgotten hills little knew he of ink but the touch of a roe-deer's feet on dry ground gone three hours was a clear path to him and nothing went through the woods but orion read its story and all the sounds of the wood were as full of clear meaning to him as are to the mathematician the signs and figures he makes when he divides his millions by tens and elevens and twelves he knew by sun and moon and wind what birds would enter the wood he knew of the coming seasons whether they would be mild or severe only a little later than the beasts of the wood themselves which have not human reason or soul and that know so much more than we and so he grew to know the very mood of the woods and could enter their shadowy shelter like one of the woodland beasts and this he could do when he was barely fourteen years and many a man lives all his years and can never enter a wood without changing the whole mood of its shadowy ways for men enter a wood perhaps with the wind behind them they brush against branches step on twigs speak smoke or tread heavily and jays cry out against them pigeons leave the trees rabbits pad off to safety and far more beasts than they know slip on soft feet away from their coming but Orion moved like Threl in shoes of deerskin with the tread of a hunter, and none of the beasts of the wood knew when he was come. And he came to have a pile of skins like Oth that he won with his bow in the wood, and he hung great horns of stags in the hall of the castle, high up among old horns where the spider had lived for ages and this was one of the signs whereby the people of earl came to know him now for their lord for no news came of alverick and all the old lords of earl had been hunters of deer and another sign was the departing of the witch zerunderell when she went back to her hill and orion lived in the castle now by himself and she dwelt in her cottage again where her cabbages grew on the high land near to the thunder and all that winter orion hunted the stags in the wood but when spring came he put his bow away yet all through the season of song and flowers his thoughts were still with the chase and he went from house to house wherever a man had one of the long thin dogs that hunt and sometimes he bought the dog and sometimes the man would promise to lend it on days of hunting thus orion formed a pack of brown long-haired hounds and yearned for the spring and summer to go by 
and one spring evening when orion was tending his hounds when villagers were mostly at their doors to notice the length of the evening there came a man up the street whom nobody knew he came from the uplands wrapped in the most aged of clothes which clung to him as though they had clung for ever and were somehow a part of him and yet part of the earth for they were mellowed by the clay of the high fields to its own deep brown and folk noticed the easy stride of the mighty walker and a weariness in his eyes and none knew who he was and then a woman said it is vand that was only a lad and they all crowded about him then for it was indeed vand who had left the sheep more than ten years ago to ride with alverick no one in earl knew whither how fares our master they said and a look of weariness came in the eyes of vand he follows the quest he said whither they asked to the north he said he seeks for elf land still why have you left him they asked i lost the hope he said they questioned him no more then for all men knew that to seek for elfland one needed a strong hope and without it one saw no gleam of the elfin mountains serene with unchanging blue and then the mother of niv came running up is it indeed vand she said and they all said yes it is vand and while they murmured together about vand and of how years and wandering had changed him she said to him tell me of my son and vand replied he leads the quest there is none whom my master trusts more and they all wondered and yet they had no cause for wonder for it was a mad quest but niv's mother alone did not wonder i knew he would she said i knew he would and she was filled with a great content there are events and seasons to suit the mood of every man though few indeed could have suited the crazed mood of niv yet there came alverick's quest of elfland and so niv found his work and talking in the late evening with vand the folk of earl heard tales of many camps many marches a tale of profitless wandering where alverick haunted horizons year after year like a ghost and sometimes out of vand's sadness that had come from those profitless years a smile would shine as he told of some foolish happening that had taken place in the camp but all was told by one that had lost hope in the quest this was not the way to tell of it not with doubts not with smiles for such a quest may only be told of by those who are fired by its glory from the mad brain of niv or the moonstruck wits of zend we might have news of that quest which could light our minds with some gleam of its meaning but never from the story be it made out of facts or scoffs told by one whom the quest itself was able to lure no longer the stars stole out and still vand was telling his stories and one by one the people went back to their houses caring to hear no more of the hopeless quest had the tale been told by one who clung yet to the faith that still was leading alverick's wanderers on the stars would have weakened before those folks left the teller the sky would have brightened so widely before they left him that one would have said at last why it is morning not till then would they have gone and the next day vand went back to the downs and the sheep and troubled himself with romantic quests no more 
and during that spring men spoke of alverick again wondering a while at his quest speaking a while of lyrazel and guessing where she had gone and guessing why and where they could not guess telling some tale to explain all which went forth mouth to mouth till they came to believe it and spring went by and they forgot alverick and obeyed the will of orion and then one day as orion was waiting for the summer to go by with his heart on frosty days and his dreams with his hounds on the uplands ranuk the lover came over the downs by the path by which band had come and walked down into earl ranuk with his heart free at last with all his melancholy gone ranuk without woe careless carefree content looking only for rest after his long wandering sighing no more and nothing but this would have made Viria care to have him, the girl he had sought once. So the end of this was that she married him, and he too went roaming no more on fantastic quests. And though some looked to the uplands through many an evening, till the long days wore away, and a strange wind touched the leaves, and some peered over the further curves of the downs, yet they saw none more of the followers of Alverick's quest, coming back by the path that Vand and Ranuk had trod, and by the time that the leaves were a wonder of scarlet and gold, men spoke no more of Alverick, but obeyed Orion his son. And in this season Orion arose one day before dawn, and took his horn and his bow, and went to his hounds, who wondered to hear his step before light was come. They heard it all in their sleep, and awoke and clamoured to him and he loosed them and calmed them and led them away to the downs and to the lonely magnificence of the downs they came when the stags are feeding on dewy grasses before men are awake all in the wild wet morning they ran over the gleaming slopes orion and his hounds all rejoicing together and the scent of the thyme came heavy with the air that orion breathed as he trod its wide patches blooming late in the year to the hounds there came all the wandering scents of the morning, and what wild creatures had met on the hill in the dark, and what had crossed it going upon their journeys, and whither all had gone when the day grew bright, bringing the threat of man. Orion guessed and wondered, but to the hounds all was clear, and some of the scents they noted with careful noses, and some they scorned, and for one they sought in vain, for the great red deer were not on the downs that morning and orion led them far from the vale of earl but saw no stag that day and never a wind brought the scent that the anxious hounds were seeking nor could they find it hidden in any grass or leaves and evening came on him bringing his hounds home calling on stragglers with his horn while the sun turned huge and scarlet and fainter than echoes of his horn and far beyond downs and mist but clear each silver note he heard the elfin horns that called to him always at evening. With the great comradeship of a common weariness, he and his hounds came home dark in the starlight. The windows of Earl at last flashed to them the glow of their welcome. Hounds came to their kennels and ate, and lay down to contented sleep. Orion went to his castle. He too ate, and afterwards sat thinking of the downs, and his hounds, and the day— his mind lulled by fatigue to that point at which it rests beyond care and many a day passed thus 
and then one dewy morning coming over a ridge of the downs they saw a stag below them feeding late when all the rest were gone the hounds all broke into one joyous cry the heavy stag moved nimbly over the grass orion shot an arrow and missed all these things happened in a moment and then the hounds streamed away and the wind went over the backs of them with a ripple and the stag went away as though every one of his feet were on little dancing springs and at first the hounds were swifter than orion but he was as tireless as they and by taking sometimes shorter ways than theirs he stayed near them till they came to a stream and faltered and began to need the help of human reason and such help as human reason can give in such a matter orion gave them and soon they were on again and the morning passed as they went from hill to hill and they had not seen the stag a second time and the afternoon wore away and still the hounds followed every step of the stag with a skill as strange as magic and towards evening orion saw him going slowly along the slope of a hill over coarse grass that was shining in the rays of the low sun he cheered on his hounds and they ran him over three more small valleys but down at the bottom of the third he turned round amongst the pebbles of a stream and waited there for the hounds and they came baying round him watching his brow antlers and there they tore him down and killed him at sunset and orion wound his horn with a great joy in his heart he wanted no more than this and with a note like that of joy as though they also rejoiced or mocked his rejoicing over hills that he knew not perhaps from the far side of the sunset the horns of elfland answered End of chapter sixteen orion hunts the stag